Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. We are at Lutheran Metropolitan Ministry profoundly grateful for your ongoing interest in the work, and that indeed that ongoing interest I know is decades old here at Fairmount. Um, and for certainly the more recent expression of, of, of interest and of support and generosity um, in the amount of $50,000 to our Breaking New Ground campaign, which is currently underway. I'll say more about that, but I wanted to thank you personally, um, each and every one of you, both those who have expressed specific support and those of you who support Fairmount as a community of faith, that we are in partnership with you, not so much in exchange but in what we at LMM hope is a call to common mission among us uh, as Christians in what I might call a post-denominational age, uh, certainly I hope a post-cynical age for the church where those of us in different traditions can gather around a common mission. So thank you, thank you on behalf of our board and on behalf of our wonderful staff team that's putting those houses together. More about that shortly. I am, as I said, I'm, I'm uh, profoundly aware of um, Fairmount's great past and your great uh, present and your great future. Uh, we'll certainly pray about that and hope, hope that as well. But um, I did want to acknowledge just so many of you with whom I've worked in the past and, uh, and currently. Uh, Reverend Hank Dahl certainly comes to mind immediately. And... Uh, Ben Sperry, who's working on something with us, and Keith Mills, who actually worked with uh, my wife, Alicia. I know if Keith's here this morning somewhere. Um, the Chilcote family and others, and all the saints, including uh, someone near and dear to LMM's heart, and that is uh, Steve Mentor from years past. And so I'm well aware of the kind of venerable place this is, and somehow, though, relevant. Venerable and relevant, and you balance that so well at Fairmount, and we thank you again for that, call it that common mission. My uh, six-year-old, Brooke, and my four-year-old, Will, or soon-to-be six-year-old, she's probably listening, so I have to get that right, uh, and four-year-old Will uh, have and are going to the great preschool that is here as well. We live about a block away. And yesterday, driving home from an errand, we drove right down Scarborough right here, and Brooke always calls this the, 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 the preschool. I mean, that's what she calls this building, the preschool. And I said, she was telling Will, you know, reminding Will that he's going to be going here in a few weeks, and this room is good, and this room is a little colder, and this room's hot, and she's nice, and he's nice. And, and I said, you know, I'm going to be there tomorrow morning. I'm going to be talking to some people, Brooke. And she said, you're going to be talking about Will? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm going to be talking about Jesus. And she said, well, you we should talk about Will also with those people because this is the preschool for her. So there you go, Brooke and Will. I talked about you both. And now I'm going to talk about Jesus with these great people and all of us who are online this morning gathered from all over the place. When and where Joshua is gathering the elders in this reading is important. And so I invite a listen to God's word to us from the Old or First Testament this morning. Joshua 24. 
Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago, your ancestors, Terah and his sons, Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors, those they served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord, our God, who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us all along the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed, and the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord. For he is our God. You join me briefly in a prayer for our illumination in this moment. Creator God and however we might name, name you or claim you or where we are this morning, I pray that these words that I speak and might be acceptable, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our maker, our redeemer, and that you might add a blessing to the hearing and the doing of these words. Amen. So Joshua was convening these elders of Israel, and this is a pivotal moment for the people of Israel. It's a, a generational passing of the torch that so many of us uh, think about these days in, in denominational churches, a generational passing of the torch. Joshua was elected. Some of you recall when Moses was on his way to death and the famous scene where Moses learns that from the Lord that he will not be crossing the Jordan into the promised land after leading these wanderers for years in the wilderness. It is Joshua who leads the people across the Jordan and into this homeland that they've been promised. And now from the point of view of these gathered people in this story, that river crossing was itself generations ago, maybe two or maybe three generations ago. Joshua is an old man. And some of them probably don't remember, many of them don't remember that crossing into the homeland. And 
They've lived in this land for generations. This challenge of Joshua's, choose this day whom you will serve, and uh, a line that some of us might have heard often, uh, as for me and my house will serve the Lord. It's not just a challenge to the people in terms of their, their piety, if you will. It is a covenant. It's a renewal of the Sinai covenant that the people had agreed to in the wilderness. And many of our siblings in Christ gathered as Christians this morning read that text a little differently. And they often read and they talk about this as though that we will agree somehow in our faith and maybe out of fear to, to serve the Lord. We, we will ourselves into this place where we're going to serve the Lord and we want to stay there. And then maybe the Lord will bless us and our houses and our households. But I wanted to suggest this morning that that is a, an exchange that is a transaction. That is not a covenant with the living God. One of my favorite seminary professors used to talk, he, was in, he studied Romans, the book of Romans quite a bit, and he, he often talked about how Paul would get up to chapter 8, he, 1 through 7 verses of chapters in Romans. Paul was using the indicative mood in his language, in his verbs, the indicative. This is what God has done for us. And in chapter 8, as he begins to talk about the Christian life that, that you and I live, he uses the imperative. Therefore, this is how we will respond. And there's almost, Christians discuss this and we debate this, is it out of obligation? Is it, you know, somehow, is this God working in us? Is it us in our will? But somehow you get a sense of, of how can it be otherwise in the imperative. We, we will do what we are going to do because God has done what God has done. In 1912, some young married couples lived along what was then a rural street a rural thoroughfare called Fairmount Boulevard. They started a mobile Sunday school. You can picture them, can't you, in those great hats the ladies wore back then, 1912, and the men in their high collars and their thin ties and those kind of thin jackets they had and maybe the kids had on, you know, the kind of uh, jackets and shorts for the boys and dresses for the girls. And they adopted this mobile Sunday school and they met in a local real estate office down the hill and they met in each other's living rooms and in their houses. In 1915, a couple of years later, that Sunday School Association and those services were so popular with the people nearby that they formed a Presbyterian Union and they built a white clapboard wooden church on this site. It was the middle of three sites along this prominent thoroughfare that that Fairmount Boulevard had become, a streetcar suburb after all. That small clapboard building had a small foyer and a short steeple. It was furnished for $600 by the Women's Aid Society. And a year later in 1916, 
45 men and women gathered in that building for their first service. They came on the streetcar. They came from nearby country. They came from houses that were going up. Many of them probably walked or drove those early cars. They gathered as a household. In the summer and fall of 2019, a small group of, from a local nonprofit, do-gooders, you know the type, stopped outside a rundown white clapboard structure on Bana Avenue in East Cleveland. They were tired of looking at properties from that day, but they were hopeful with the structures they had seen that there might be something they could yet do in this neighborhood with help. They wanted to rebuild these houses and offer them for affordable rents to families who could pay a little bit, but not a whole lot, and still have a stable family life. They wanted to turn them, hopefully, into homes. In 2019, that fall, with gifts from many generous people, they bought the house from a public land bank. In December, one of the local football team players joined them with sledgehammers and hard hats. They were so proud, that group, of being the first to break down these walls to their basic bricks and, and baseboard and studs. The first to bring a new purpose and a new beginning to this structure. Fast forward spring of 2022, if you can picture that. The church on Fairmount had become a long, had come a long way from their beginning. The white clapboard building had unfortunately been destroyed by fire shortly after it was built. But over the next century, a stone structure went up and was added to room by room. And this congregation grew to about 2,000 people. And now on Sunday mornings, people would park in two different lots and they'd walk in different doors to come and gather together. You can hear the usual sounds in 2022 of a busy Sunday school. Some singing, some talking, some children's laughter, some crying. Tired young parents are cajoling their children up the steps, telling them to leave those stones and rocks behind. There might be cookies inside. Who knows? During the week, one entire wing of that church is now home to a preschool. Many of the same sounds there. There is a stage with great costumes and an exercise room when it's raining, and best of all, a playground. Back on Bonna Avenue, it is Friday afternoon, spring of 2022. It had been raining that morning, but it was now sunny. Sandra had worried about the rain because Angela, eight, and James Jr., six, didn't have great boots to wear to school. She had just come home to her place, her place. She had come from her job at the VA. She looked tired, but her friends lately had said that she looked a little more hopeful. Angela loved this time of day between when she got home and when there was a quiet moment in transition before Angela and James Jr. got home from their elementary school a few blocks away. She got a glass of iced tea and waited on them. She heard them turn the corner on Bonna Avenue and they ran up the steps 
They said hello briefly and dropped their school bags before disappearing and grabbing their bikes, and she made them promise not to ride past the end of the street. That same spring, 2022, it is a Sunday morning. Many people in the Fairmount Presbyterian Church community are able to worship in person. They sing together. They hear words of welcome and forgiveness, words of dedication and belonging. They emerge from their pews, some faster, some slower. They gather at an altar and are joined together. They taste bread and they taste wine. And they are a community of abundance, generosity, of blessing, as their ancestors were. They are a household. And after worship, they gather in a large hall or maybe outside, and there is steaming coffee and tea from mugs. They eat and drink together. They talk about everyday stuff. They talk about relationships and joys. They talk about what matters. And back on Bona Avenue, it is the next night, Monday, Sandra is making dinner in the open kitchen for the three of them, including muffins, which she knows they'll eat. It's her grandmother's recipe. She's a little worried because her second job at a restaurant on St. Clair Avenue looks like it might fall through. She's meeting with a friend tomorrow who might have <clears throat> a lead for her. She tries not to let the worry show to Angela and James Jr. as they sit down, Angela from the front porch, and James Jr. from the play area next to the kitchen. The sun is just going down through the window and she is glad they're home together. She likes this neighborhood and she's begun volunteering at the local library. They talk about school and a field trip coming up for Angela to the art museum and about new shoes for James that he's seen online. They talk around that table about what matters, about joys, about troubles, about relationships. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The people of Israel knew deep down in their bones what the people of Fairmount Presbyterian Church have come to know and what Sandra's family experiences. We are all wanderers. We are all wanderers from the houses of bondage to the house of love and life and freedom in Christ. Whether we have been promised a homeland by the covenanting God or we are struggling and restless in the COVID wilderness of returning to this house, or we need a place to call home and to make our own. 
It was this covenant that reminded the Israelites that they were strangers. And that in their homeland, they needed to be kind to those who were wandering. It is this covenant that tells us that when, as in LMM's case, there was a certain suburb who denied housing to people who are homeless, while they themselves enjoyed a homeland. It is this covenant that tells us that justice is not first about rights and procedure and zoning. Justice is first about relationship. One is a contract. The relationship is the covenant. And maybe when you're wandering and restless, the promise of a homeland or of a home means everything. Oh, our hearts are restless, Lord, says St. Augustine, until they find their rest in you. God makes a covenant with us through Jesus, the wanderer. And we make a covenant with God and it is enough. And the household of LMM and the families who will live in the house on your bulletin cover are grateful. They're grateful to people like Barbara McWilliams and Tom Perino. They're grateful to all of you who have given in support of this campaign. They are grateful most of all that your household covenant, your kindness to strangers, your viewing justice as a relationship first and primarily your grateful response has overflowed out these various doors in this household of God and down Fairmont Boulevard and down Cedar Road and down the hill and all the way to houses on Bonna Avenue in the city of Cleveland. Households in this covenant who do not know you but who are now connected to you with bricks and mortar as tangible signs of that covenant. As Joshua points out, there are always many gods to serve when you're a wanderer. There are less obvious gods of complacency and apathy, as well as gods of fear and cynicism, and sowing mistrust and division. There are the demigods of a hundred different media sources, in fact, who seem like home, but who just sell us back the worst and extreme versions of ourselves. Make no mistake, they are gods, plural. And if you're looking for a spiritual home, it would be easy to build towers of Babel or great monuments to ourselves 
structures of cynicism and walls of exclusion. But you and I will continue to build this house of love. As for us and this household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.